Welcome back to part two of the April edition of the Lunt Town Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, if you've missed part one, you've missed the reflections of what was a magical day, uh, beating the scum 2-0. We looked back at the matches prior to that, and we spoke in depth about Cody Dramay and Alan Campbell. That's in part one of the podcast. Uh, this is part two, where we'll finish off our blast from the past, and we'll look ahead to some issues uh, down the line. Uh, Tony, let's start with the blast from the past because it's been a brilliant segment on the podcast this season and I know lots of people out there are enjoying it because they come up to me at home games and tell me. So we've got one man left who was involved at Manchester City that afternoon and it's fair to say he had a big impact as well. Um, Radomir Antic, uh, we'll speak about the person uh, shortly because he was a good man. I was uh, honoured enough to meet him actually. Um, but the player, a midfielder, a Yugoslav midfielder, uh, who came from the bench that afternoon. Yeah. Sheer class. He was a class act. And you, from the time he came into the club, you could see it. You know, it's Luton's real first foray into signing a foreign player, you know, and he, he came from Yugoslavia, as was. Um, and we'd never really heard of him. He made a, an immediate impact. He was so good on the ball, and uh, he could play midfield, uh, a sweeper was was how he first came in. He, he, you know, and he he looked good. And uh, in fact, actually thinking about it, the similar sort of player to Nakamba, in the fact that he had uh, he was always calm, cool. Uh, he, his positioning was excellent and he knew where the ball was going and how he linked in and he was just a, a privilege to watch the man play. Um, he could take a cracking free kick as well. I remember him scoring an absolute belter of a free kick past Joe Corrigan. Uh for those youngsters, Joe Corrigan was a really good keeper who played for Manchester City. And we played him in the League Cup. They beat us. We were a second division side, championship side now. And uh, this free kick was from well outside the penalty area, just up over the wall and into the top corner. Corrigan got nowhere near it. But his claim to fame was he came on in that game at Main Road. And right man... Right time, right position, bang. I still say that um, the goalkeeper for Alex Williams, who, who played in goal for Manchester City, actually got his fingertips to the shot. And if Alex Williams hadn't got that slight touch on it, there was a player just behind it who could have headed it out. But it was great in the in the in the bottom corner. But the guy was so modest, so level headed, and you know it's it, it's fantastic. You know, people say he went on to coach Real Madrid and Barcelona. <laughs> he also um, he also coached Atletico as well. I think he, at the time he was the first person to do it, all three, wasn't he? Yeah, and uh, he he was a very successful coach, particularly with Real Madrid. Um, Which is no surprise because when you hear him talk or heard him talk, sadly he's passed away now, when you heard him talk about football, very, very good football brain. Oh, God, yeah. He he, he knew what he was about and everything. And I, I if you ever see the uh, on YouTube the... the BBC bit about that game at, at Main Road and John Motson interviews him afterwards and his English is still not that great but you could tell from how he, he, he was just so modest he was just wouldn't take credit for it and everything else but he was well loved at Luton and uh, you know it, it was a very very sad day when we got the news that he passed away because he, he always kept tabs on Luton he you know um, he always liked to know how we were doing and uh, he counted himself as, as extremely fortunate to play for Luton. And um, it was an absolute honour for the guy to play for us, to have him and to watch him. What a great, great player he was. Absolutely rubber stamped his name in our history that day at Main Road uh, when he scored. What was the goal that kept us up and sent Manchester City down? It was... Uh 
It is an iconic goal, not just for the celebration, but the, I mean, there was only one substitution in them days, wasn't there? Yeah. Only one on the bench, and it was just, it was him. So it was literally David Pleat's kind of th- last throw of the dice to keep us in the league. And, you know, everyone knows the sort of story around um, David Pleat on that day now. And so for that to happen. Raggy will never be forgotten. He definitely, he definitely, absolutely, he definitely won't. So, uh, yeah. Brilliant, uh, and, and thanks again for not just talking about Raddy, but everyone uh, this season. It's been really enjoyable to relive that 83 I'm, season. I'm very fortunate, Kev, to have lived through those times and, and, and seen those players live and, uh, you know, and, and, and what a privilege it was. Um, that whole team from that era, from about 79 to 84, um, that... David Pleat took a while to build, you know, at a different time where managers were given time, you know, they weren't sacked after 11 games. <laughs> and and David Pleat, in his first season, we nearly got relegated, you know, but he came in and he brought players in. And that is particularly the side between 81 to 83, I've never seen a Luton side that could play like it, who could hold the ball. Their passing and movement um, was absolutely superb. Um, Great football to watch. And Raddy was just the icing on the cake in that team. Indeed he was. Yeah. Um, Brilliant insights from Tony. You'll see. Hear more or find out more about that um, particular team from that era. Hatters Heritage is the place. Log on to their website. They've got lots and lots and lots of information about that season and every other season in Luton's history. It's a great um, resource and uh, one well worth um, checking out. James, Marvellous Nakamba is not... Uh, sorry, Raddy Antich was not a loan signing. Marvellous Nakamba very much is... Is he the best loan sign in Luton Town I've ever had? Yes. Next question. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was short and sweet, really, wasn't it? I mean, you know, we've actually had this discussion on this podcast before, haven't we? We had it a couple of seasons ago when Kean and Dewsbury Hall was mesmerising us, yep. uh, unfortunately, on laptops for three of us, but uh, obviously not for yourself. So, you know, we've been here before, but it just feels, whether it's the recency bias or whatever it is, it just feels like this guy, for for some reason, has usurped what's gone before. I think you've got to look at the level uh, he and Luton are playing at at this precise moment in time. Um, obviously, joint third on points with Middlesbrough. Um, I loved Kim and Jewsby Hall, and I think everybody did. He was he was a classy player. I think he was a bit more forward playing yeah he would be more your Jordan Clark than your Nakamba in this current I don't think it's necessarily a a straight comparison I think when we look at these lone players we look at impacts don't we and the impact is there in the stats in that in the all the games he's played for Luton 13 the only out uh, uh, um, open play play, that's the word I'm looking for (laughs) the only open play goals are those two that shouldn't have counted for Finn Middlesbrough, uh, Millwall, sorry. Um, that's remarkable in this league, in this division. Um, incidentally, one of the stats I heard, and he's he, he is part of that as well as the team, one of the stats I heard from after the Watford game was that since the 82 side that Tony was just talking about then, that's the first time in the second tier that Luton have had three consecutive um, shutouts at home. That's yeah, pretty good. <laughs> like you say, he's very much part of that. So he is your, he is the best loan signing. Well, he he's given uh, the platform for Luton to do everything they are in an attacking sense. Even if it's just one goal, which it has been quite a lot of the times, you get the sense if Luton can get their noses in front, then they're at least on for a draw, probably for on for a win. And that's because of the solidity at the back that he is helping to provide. As I said in the first part. He's 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 come to protect the defence that was fairly miserly in the first place, regardless of who was playing, because it, there's been a revolving cast this season. Really, they've only struck upon this um, three in the last 
month or two that's been so solid and it, it looks quality. It's, it, it is quality. It's keeping Reese Burke out of out of the side. Um, we, we everybody knows how highly re- we regard him, but just to come in and and give that um, sense that if Luton play well, that they've got something because the back, the back door shut with Nakamba. And I think that's the difference because if you're, if you're comparing say recent loan signings and Kiernan would be the one of them, Luton weren't that consistent as they were. They, it was a, it was a great season, obviously because the previous season they just kept up and finished in 10th. And there was, there was always the, there was a sense that you're going for the playoffs, but never quite, never couldn't quite reach that. And so as as good as Kieran was, he, he wasn't having the similar impact that Nakamba is, I think. And so considering he's only been in since January, hadn't played for 18 months before that, had to watch a couple of games before he got in. I think, um, you know, if you take those factors in into it then for me yeah, it's got to be it's got to be the best loan signing Tony when we talk about Luton loan signings you kind of think back to Steve Sutton Rory Allen both had major <laughs> impacts um, more recently Cameron Carter Vickers Kiernan Dewsbury Hall as I've just mentioned and even right now Cody Drame Ethan Horvath as a, as a number of loan signings there where do you sit on the, on the debate I think he's a, a good loan signing for me. Um, but not necessarily our not best? Not necessarily the best. I, I think in terms of impact, you can't go further than Rory Allen because he came in and he scored some very important goals for us in a few games right at the end of the season that, that kept us up. Um, so... Uh, it, that was one hell of an impact, and um, marvelous, great player, looks good. But if you look at it, it's still early days for him. You know, um, we hope. We hope yeah. it's difficult, isn't it? Because when you go, yeah. when you call for Rory Allen, it's it's fair as well because he scored the goals and kept you up, uh, but is it a striker bias because he scored the goals and they were so important? But you're knocking we, around all, at the bottom all, of the league rather than all, dreaming all about that going season, up. James. We we were struggling. Mm. We we were struggling, and we looked like we were going down. But it was just because, at, in part, to David Pleat, who um, said to Luton, "You know, take this boy; he'll score goals for you." And he did. He came in and kept us up. Mm. Um, so, in terms of pure impact. It's got to be Rory Allen. But in terms of quality and uh, what he can offer over a, a, a period of time, I would probably go with you, with mm. Nakamba. Although, again, if you look at Dewsbury Hall, he's got it over Nakamba. And I'm not decrying or being disrespectful to Marvellous in any way, shape or form because I think he's an excellent player. And he has made a lot of difference to us. Perhaps um, if we're playing Premier League football next season, mm. then we can say, hopefully, that Marvellous is the best loan signing. But I'll res- reserve judgment until then. I wonder as well, It's because the position he plays is um, very specialised, but it's not a very sexy position. Uh, it's not the goal scorer. It's the um, unnoticed position, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It all often does go unnoticed. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, because I always thought, and he's not a lone player, and I'm kind of digressing here, but Kevin Nichols didn't really get the credit that he deserved for the footballer that he was, but he was only noticed for the penalties that he took and the captaincy and the Roy King kind of style that he had. But if he played in today's world and played the marvellous Nakamba role and we didn't get the penalties because we've only had one all season, I'm not convinced Nichols would get half the recognition that he got. It's just something about that role, isn't it? It's almost like it's invisible and you actually want it to be invisible, but, but it's bloody if, important, you know isn't if it? If they're not there. Yeah. yeah. But I think that makes it all the more remarkable about what the Canberra is doing because, um, you know, you've got one of the best strikers in the division, um, one of the best centre-halves, if not the best centre-half in the division. Um, when Jordan Clark was playing and 
and Pelly, two of the best midfield combinations in the division, and yet he's doing what he's doing. And if he's not, if he's going unnoticed, great. Then other people won't want him if there's even a sniff of getting well, him at the end of the season. What I said earlier yeah. about the spine of the side. Yeah, you know, he 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 was that fi- in the canvas that final piece. Before people come at me, the reason why I've not included Pelly Rudder, Cameron McGee, and Andrew Shinney in this conversation is they all became permanent signings. Yeah. We're only talking about loan signings, and we hope Marvellous Nakamba becomes a permanent signing and is eradicated mm. from this conversation when we undoubtedly revisit it again when the next decent loan signing comes mm-hmm. along. We also hope the same with uh, Ethan Orfaf and um, Cody Drame, but as as now they are loan signings and potentially going back to their old clubs whereas the three I just mentioned didn't Cause you, you, I think it's probably easier to compare maybe Cameron Carter Vickers with Rory Allen in the impact they had in saving those seasons yeah good I point. think whereas Nakamba probably more on his own um, and he doesn't have that eye-catching impact if you're going to look at it in the way of scoring goals or preventing them <clears throat> but I think the, the way that he's made Luton so hard to beat Really, I think it's it's adding to the hope that everybody thinks that you know this could be the season. Where are you on it, Dan? Very much with Tony, to be honest with you. Um, That's never a good place to be. (laughs) (laughs) The only place to be. (laughs) Um, Because I I remember Rory Allen. I was I was quite an impressionable twelve, thirteen year old at the time. Um, When you look at your number nine, your number ten, the goal getters. Um, we'd just lost Tony Thorpe. You're a glory boy is basically um, what you're telling well, us. When you're a kid, you you look at who's scoring the goals, don't you? And we we had back at the time, I think it was David Oldfield, Phil Gray, Tony Thorpe. Um, Thorpe had obviously gone and we were struggling to stay up um, and we needed somebody to keep us in Division 2, as it was known then. Um, and Rory Allen fitted the bill perfectly. He, he took to it like a duck to water and he scored some really, really important goals and got us... I think we finished 17th or something like that that season where it looked like we were heading towards the bottom three. Um, but then, as, as James just mentioned there, Cart Vickers was fantastic. Um, he, you know, he, you he, only he, got to look what he's doing for Celtic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the Scottish Premier League isn't the biggest league in the world, but f- to go into a club like that as well, you know, it, it shows that he's he's a very good, very, very good centre-half and he's, he's having a good career. Rory Allen didn't quite hit the heights after that because um, he preferred to go off and watch cricket instead, which each to their own. That's what they do, isn't it? Some well, I can't blame him for um, that. Cricket season starts tomorrow. Yeah. Here comes the um, summer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it. Ashes, Sud- ashes. Suddenly I'm with Tony. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I told you, it's not the place but, to be. Ashes, summer. Crack on. But then, you, you know, you, you look at people that, like, since then, obviously football's moved on a lot of the... I mean, that's, what, 24 years ago. showing the age now. Um I seemed a million miles away back in 98, by the way. <laughs> I mean, if it's any consolation, you're the youngest around this table. <laughs> yeah, by considerable amount. All right, go easy. <laughs> go easy. Go easy. Yeah, Lenny Lawrence, Lawrence, yeah. yeah. One of the few good signings he made, yeah. Um, in a very difficult era for the club as well. Um, you know, we, we were financially on our ass, you know. Um, but, you know, if, if we move further on, you know, Keenan Juice Hall during the COVID season was... Fantastic! It took a little bit, little bit of time to settle, but once he did, you know, he showed his class, and he's doing really well at Leicester. Apart from you know, last re- night, apart from last night, uh, he'll learn from that. It was two silly bookings. You know, he's unlucky, but he'll learn from that, and he'll become a stronger player for it. But does know, anyone else watch the Premier League and think, do you know what, if Leicester no, go, mate. do you know what? No, but do you think, do you know what, if Leicester go down, I wonder if we could get him back. <laughs> There's already been that conversation, and would they let us have Justin and Dewsbury? Or surely they don't want to play Championship football next year. Really. I tell you he, what, a, Le- a lot of it's he's jest, a Leicester boy, though, isn't he? And yeah, he is. Yeah, but he's not going to want to play Championship football, is he? I, I do remember him categorically saying that if if Leicester didn't offer him first team football, we'd look at coming. To I tell you what, if someone says to me that if they go down, we can have them two back, I'll be cheering every Leicester opponent for the rest yeah. of the season. I really would. Um, but you know. Uh, Realistically, I, I don't think that's happening. No, I, I think he, like James said, he's a Leicester boy. So you're a Rory so. Allen. Um... Rory Allen, yeah. But then you look at the impact Nakamba's had since he's come in. You know, in the here and now, it's very easy to get carried away at how good 
Nakamba is, you know. And I'm not sure it's getting carried away. I think it's well, just telling it how it also is. When, also, when you're when you're a kid and a, a player does something that outstanding, that those sorts of things really, really stay with you, don't they? You remember those yeah. things. Like, I I remember Kerry Hughes scoring some absolute belting goals when he was actually fit, you know. And Scott Oakes was another player who had a huge impact on, on me. As yeah, a I mean, kid. Scott Oakes was for me because yeah. of that season in the FA Cup um, yeah. and the West Ham game in particular. How the hell can you remember that? Because I was a kid and it was like it was like. The first time I was going to games and stuff. And, I ask, yeah. I ask you on these podcasts what happened in a game within a month, and you haven't got a Scooby, well, and you're remembering you, you, 1994. When, when I remember I stuff kid, I shouldn't. It was like Andre Gray and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> with a bit, bit, you know, Malcolm McDonald. I mean, from that from that era as well. Steve Davis was another player. I mean, I, I remember the year we sold him. Um, it got halfway through the season. He, he was already on double figures for a centre half. And I remember one of the last goals he scored against Hull in the cup, which the less said about that game, the better. But the run, you're the, run the one bringing it made, up. <laughs> the run through he made was very similar to Lockyer. Yeah, on it's what it I thought when he. It's what know, I thought when he did it. We've it, it shows the amount of quality players we've had over the years, and had we had a bit more financial nous about us back then, you know, it's a historical thing with Luton. Always been crap with money up until recently. You know, we, we could have held on to your Steve Davis's, Rory Allen's, and. Forbes and whatnot, so you, you never know. But you know, the, Nakamba is definitely up there, definitely up there. He's, he's probably the closest to challenging Rory Allen. Rory Allen for me. Two votes for Very. Rory Allen, one for Nakamba. Fair Where enough. are you going? Cameron Carter Vickers, yeah, absolutely, yes. all day long. Yeah, he was. I think the last time we addressed this, as much as I loved Keenan Dewsbury Hall. But ultimately, we get relegated in that season for, with a COVID season to come and Luton Town Football Club's treading a seriously different trail to the one that it's treading right now. And we don't get Jewsby Hall in the camber. So for me, it's Cameron Carter-Vickers. We were down. We oh, were yeah. we were yeah. down that season until he stood up as, you know, what Tom Lockie is doing now, Cameron Carter-Vickers did, and some in those nine games behind closed doors. So uh, I, as I said earlier in the conversation, I judge these things on impact and and effect and the after effect of Cameron Vickers should be, um, well, is the catalyst to where we are uh, right now. Without it, who knows where we would be? And that's what I... Judge it on, but I love Nakamba. I absolutely love absolutely everything about the bloke. And I really hope, like I say, he is. I make no apologies for making I'm not even going to ask you to (laughs) apologise. But I really hope he's no longer part of the conversation when we do readdress it and that he's actually a permanent signing. If he is a permanent signing, there's every chance that Luton Town will be in the Premier League. And um, you look at the league table, Tony. We've caught Middlesbrough now on points. Mm-hmm. There's only one to reel in, Sheffield United. Can we do it? It's always possible. Six points. Let's, let's, let's just set the scene. But it's, Six it's points possible. behind Sheffield United. Sheffield United do have a game in hand. That yeah. game in hand is against West Brom, so it's not necessarily a walk in the park. Sheffield United play Burnley on Easter Monday at Burnley. Um, I think Burnley got spanked 5-2 at Sheffield United, so there's revenge in the air. And if Luton have beaten Millwall on Friday, Burnley can get promoted by beating Sheffield United on Monday. So, I'll ask it. I'll, having, having set the scene, can we catch them? Can you repeat that, Kevin? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's a tour can order. we catch them? Not will Are we, can all... we catch them? We can. We can catch them. I mean, everything's possible. Um, you know, they, they, they look like they've got the edges running. Yeah. Apart from playing Burnley. But they've also got uh, a big FA Cup game. They do. Up. Not just an FA Cup game, an FA Cup game against Manchester City. And they'll and all you, want to play in that. And they will. Want to be. And you only have to look at the, that lot down the road to find out what can happen at Wembley against Manchester City. Yeah. But Sheffield United will be up for that, you know. But um, it means we've got to be on our A game for the rest of the season. Um, we've got to beat Middlesbrough at home. And... Uh, there's got to be a major blow-up by Sheffield United. My personal gut feeling is I think Sheffield United will do it, and if we're going to do it, we'll do it through the playoffs. But it can be done. It can be done. 
Who's going up automatically, Dan? Luton. <laughs> I'm saying it. Um, I'm just having a quick look at um, Sheffield United's remaining games. and I've, I've just got a funny feeling that we can do it. You know, we, we fell short last year in the playoffs. You know, we had player injuries and, you know, there was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of that going on, you know, Adebayo wasn't fit, you know, we've improved with new signers this year and then again in January, we had a very good window. Um, despite everybody saying, you know, we needed a centre-half, <laughs> we just converted a left wing back to centre-half and Amari Bell's doing that job. You know, Cal Naismith who? Um, but we, I think that this year, we, we, we're not only looking, showing that we're better in the league table, we're, we're playing better. Um and we look like, I mean, I'm looking at our remaining games and I can't see us dropping many points at all, really. Um, the thing that will get us if, if we can if we can rely on Sheffield United to drop points against Burnley and a couple of other games they've got to play, you know, the, they're playing teams that are, are lower down the division. doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're rubber stamped like, like with ours, but I, I just think the momentum we've got, the confidence we're playing with, um, there is that small matter of a cup semi-final which can make or break the season. They're not going to win that, but, um, you know... It'd be nice every- if they did, though, wouldn't it? Eh? It, it would be mm. fantastic, yeah. And, you know, I'll, be, I'll probably cheer them on, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, have the rest of the month off and, the next, and next month off. Yeah. Just save yourself have, for the have, cup final. Have a bit of, um, yeah. yeah, just... Get- I do hope they would get to Emily actually because yeah. then that, that gives them an extra game where they've got to prepare for and then if they've got to play for two or three more for the playoffs then yeah. brilliant. You I'll know, buy it, them a few beers to let them celebrate if they beat Man City, no problem. It works to our advantage and like you said, you know, we've still got to play Middlesbrough. They've, they're playing Burnley on, on Friday night yeah. which is a massive, massive game. Um, I'm sure a lot of Luton fans will be glued to that. Um, if we get out of Millwall by then. We'll be alright. We'll be alright. I'm, I'm confident. I, I just think we, we I like. can do it. We can do it. And yeah. as long as it's mathematically possible, we have to keep believing. And, you know, Rob's not going to look far farther than Millwall on Friday at this moment in time, which is the right approach. Um, but take it game by game. Let's see what happens. Control what we can. Uh, Don't do it. United still under investigation, though. Well, uh, that's pa- think, it's, think it's paper reports, really, <laughs> rather than anything... Um, Significant. Um, dream the dream, Rob Edwards said. James, is it, is it a dream or is it reality? <laughs> well, as you know, I'm a, disappointingly so, I'm a, I'm a realist and a crushing sceptic. <clears throat> but I think it's on, to be honest. I, with a caveat, I think it's on because Luton are in such fantastic form. Um, since Rob Edwards have come in, <clears throat> they've known what they've had to do. So they've chased down... Middlesbrough now, level on points. They've still got to play Middlesbrough. They've got Blackburn as well. Um, so they know that they've got to beat those. Oh, Millwood, let's not forget Millwood. They're in the mix. Um, and I thought Luton were much better than them at Kenilworth Road and they got two fluky goals. Mm-hmm. So they know what they've got to do. <clears throat> so I think automatic preparation is on, but obviously it needs Sheffield United to slip up. Slip up. And But if it doesn't happen then I don't think it knocks the wind out of Luton sales because I think there's there's enough gap there to make you think it's on, let's go for it. But if it doesn't happen, fair play. Sheffield United have done enough. But it's not like you've missed out by the skin of your teeth. And I think that the confidence they've got now just keeps rolling to the end of the season. And if, you, if it happens to go be in, to be in the playoffs, then uh, I, you know, I, I could see that them being one of the confident teams. I mean, th- people always look to the team that just sneaks into the playoffs, don't they? But <clears throat> well, that could be anyone, quite right. No, nobody's frankly. taking that at the moment. Um, and Luton are the form team, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm well on on in confident mode about this. Yeah, I am too. Um, it's very very hard to be out in front for such a long period of time and not get caught. That's not to say that when they get caught, if they get caught, they don't go again. Mm-hmm. I've said it on a few podcasts now. I don't think Sheffield United are the second best team in the championship. I, I think someone catches them, whether it's us, whether it's Middlesbrough, whether we then stay in front of them is a different thing. Uh, just very, very quickly, if we don't catch Sheffield United, I, A, are we safe in the playoffs now that we've got a 10-point gap? And B, are you confident we can win them? Yes, to both. Yeah, I think so. If we can, yeah. If if we don't go up automatically, we'll do it in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, and you beat you beat, beat Millwall, and I think that that's fairly safe. Well, let's come on to that then. Let's look ahead to the games to come. 
Uh, Millwall is the first one on Friday. For those who haven't yet realised, it's a 12.30 kickoff. Hopefully it'll be a good Friday in keeping with its name. Um, I guess if we're going to get automatic promotion, it's all about the sort of psychological pressure that you can put on Sheffield United. So when you play before Sheffield United, you have an ideal chance to do it. It didn't work Saturday just gone, because to be fair, Sheffield United went and got a result at Norwich. But we can only do what we can do. And can we win at Millwall? We did last season. Unfortunately, Harry Cornick's not here to score a brace this time around, but can we still do so? Yep, 1-0. <laughs> no, um, listen. The, With Morris scoring? Sure. It's only 1-0 when Morris yeah, scores. Yeah, sure. Whoever. Since coming into the Championship... Oh, that, <laughs> that wasn't 1-0, though. Three, and 3-1. And until the first couple of seasons of the Championship, until last season, playing against Millwall was horrible. I, well, I mean, it still is, to be fair, but the results it's still, are better. It's still horrible. No they they like. used to just outwork and outmuscle Luton, and it was not nice to watch. And that doesn't happen anymore. Nobody does that to Luton, anyone. Nobody at all. Um, not even Burnley. Um, and so, yeah, I think they can go down there and uh, and do the job and get a result. Um, you know, they're, the as I said in the first part of the podcast, how do you plot how to score against Luton? I don't know. You you said it yourself. You, you want to go down the middle. Nakamba's the there. If you can get past him, Lockyer's there. If you want to go down the wing, Doughty and Jamie are there. Um, I, I don't know. If you want to go long, Lockyer's on that all day long. Yeah, and if you get past the fullbacks, you've got two more fullbacks at centre back that yeah. are um, covering them two as well. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. brilliant. The only thing I, I suppose about that, we we all think like this as occasionally as football people is like when that good spell does come to an end and when that little bubble gets burst whether that has an adverse effect but honestly I mean the formula at the moment and it happened against Millwall last time and it just carried on straight afterwards and all the way to this game so yeah I'm, I'm yeah I think there's a there's a win there yeah uh, good away form which always helps only the doubt that I have is that come down but I mean, it's not a Tuesday night after a Saturday, is it? You know, it's a Friday after a Saturday. So we've had six days to come down. And actually the boys want to, you know, they're desperate to finish in the top two and everything else. So um, if that that in itself will help uh, with any come down. Uh, busy period Easter, Tony. Yeah, they always used to say back in the day, didn't they, that, you know, everything's decided over Easter. Yeah. Um, so I guess if we're going to make automatic promotion, the one thing we cannot do is slip up against teams at the bottom who admittedly will be fighting for their lives, but we have to put them away and Blackpool's one of them. Yeah. I mean, Sold out already. So the atmosphere is going to be there. Echoing what James said earlier, the boys know what they've got to do. Um, they know only three points will do. The teams at the bottom are going to be fighting for their existence, as it were, for their championship futures. So it's never an easy thing to do, and it's it's very hard to call it. I mean, you've only got to look at uh, last weekend and Huddersfield going one nil down to Middlesbrough, and then absolutely destroying them in the second half when Agent Matty Pearson did. Uh... Did us, double, did us yeah. no harm. So that's it, it's not a foregone conclusion, but uh, I'm actually expecting Luton to pick up maximum points this weekend. Three at Millwall and three at home to Blackpool. Fair enough, yeah. Uh, then it's a first trip with fans to the New York Stadium. Thankfully, it's not in New York, it's in Rotherham. And, um, I don't know if that's thankfully, is it? Well, yeah. <laughs> put it this way, I can get home a bit quicker. Um, but you're, you're absolutely, I doubt it. <laughs> you're absolutely right. There's no comparison between the two, two places. That's for sure. Uh, Rotherham all were so fighting for their lives, Dan. Um, hopefully it don't rain because if it does, we could all be in trouble based on that Cardiff game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you know, they came down here, didn't they, in the one game that Mick Harford managed us and we got a last-minute equaliser in a game that we dominated, really, having conceded a stupid goal early on. Yeah. Uh, again, with our away form, any reason why we can't win that one? Not really, no. Um, I mean, the only thing I'd say, going back to the Rotherham game, I remember speaking to Mick after the game and it, it was clear to me throughout that game that they came for a point, as many teams do come together with throw for a point, and uh, they got the early goal and they were more than happy to sit for 88 minutes and that's what they did and, and it was only a last minute equaliser that, that got us the point despite as, as you say 
like dominating the game. So just on that, it, it won't be an easy game. Like you say, they're fighting for their lives. You know, they, they want to stay in this division and they won't make it easy for us. But I, I just think the way we've approached away games lately, you know, it, it, it's got a 1-0 rubber stamped all over it for me. I, I think we'll... I think we'll go there and win. It won't be easy, but we'll we'll go and win the game, I think. It did look like Reading away, which is the most soulless place in the history of the world to go to, was they they would already been on the beach at that time, but the EFL have piped up and taken six points away from them, rightly so, and now all of a sudden they're fighting for their lives. But Reading away, I mean, if we're getting automatic promotion, you've got to go down there and get three points. Uh, that's it. For all of these games, you know you've got to do. You've, you've, you've got to put yourself in the best possible position that when you come up to that uh, couple of fixtures against Middlesbrough and Blackburn, you win those and then you see what happens. I mean, you still got to accept that Sheffield United have to uh, slip up a little bit. That's obvious. And that's, you know, they've, they've done all right to get into that position in the first place, but they've not been great since the turn of the year at all. Um, uh, so yeah, that's that's all you've got to do. All these games, you've just got to keep the pressure up on on those two teams at the top, uh, those two teams above you. Sorry, Middlesbrough just above you. Was it goals, goal difference or something? Um, and then, and then, and then see what happens. But uh, I, I just think that the, the momentum and the, the form was with Luton anyway. I think it's even more so now after Saturday. And yeah, have a good Easter if you get the full full. Uh, points that, that Tony's after then yeah um, no sweat Tom Lockyer v Andy Carroll will be an interesting battle that night it's about the only thing I am looking forward to about that game mm-hmm. um, but I'm certainly looking forward to one that follows it Tony because the Middlesbrough game is all shaping up to be a right old humdinger ironically mm-hmm. our first home game in the championship was Middlesbrough at home and hopefully our penultimate home game in the championship is also Middlesbrough at home uh, it's a big game anyway because obviously as we sit here right now fourth v third with goal difference separating us but it's actually the weekend that Sheffield United play in the FA Cup so they don't play that weekend so whatever happens it's three po- it's a chance to put three points on them albeit they'll have a game in hand but they'll only have two weeks left of the season to play that game in hand massive massive game when we went there it was Rob Edwards first game in charge we are so much different now to what we were then but even then we only lost because we had a man sent off Amari Bell who shouldn't have been sent off because the number two was falling over like anyone's business. And they got a last minute. Yeah, last minute winner with that from a free kick that was very, very dubious. Do we turn the tide? Do we turn the tables on them? I, th- I think so. It's, it, it's a very difficult one to call for this because uh, it depends how Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough react to that defeat at the weekend. Um <clears throat> My gut feeling says it's going to be a school draw. You know, it's got an added spice for me because I've got family who are Middlesbrough supporters and it's always a bit of winding up and everything that goes on with that. And, you know, I'd, 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 I'd love to, to do it and, uh, you know, put one over on them. But I think probably this is the, the more likely game where we will drop points. I think it'll be 1-1. Fair enough. Not the 3-3 that we had when they came down here on the first night of the championship. Uh, Just again, for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, that game has been moved to the Monday night, the 24th of April, 8pm kickoff, and it is live on Sky Sports. Um, It'll be a sellout as well. It will. And the last game of April, Dan, is Blackburn away, which as we sit here right now is the Saturday afternoon of 29th, but I think everyone's expecting that to get shifted. Um, Blackburn away not always been the greatest um, place for us to go but they looked bloody awful when they were down here earlier on in the season comfortable 2-0 win highlighted by that absolute thronker from Reese Burke um, same again um, be fantastic wouldn't it um, and it would you know if our predictions are right we're second aren't we so um, there's no reason why not you know we we always go to these places and say, oh, we don't do well here. Historically, we'll probably just get a draw. And there's always been a sort of a, a massive stumbling block. Even Graham Jones beat them up there. 
Yeah. Uh, it's all right. Yeah. So th- there's no. Well, yeah. It says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> I think it's, it depends on which Blackburn turn up. I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I, I've looked at their recent form, and they are pretty solid at home. Um, it's more away where they get a bit unstuck, and they'll, they'll go to teams like they've just lost to Birmingham, who were useless, and you know they they got beat by them. Um, it were parts of a different kettle of fish, different ground to play at, um, but. With this, with this Luton side, you know, we don't get beat, not not easily. You know, we, we don't, and we don't tend to dominate games as such, apart from Saturday, which was a complete whitewash. I'll just mention that again, because um, <laughs> why not? But um, we don't dominate games as such. We sort of we, we're very organised, we're brilliant off the ball, and we're difficult to play against, and a royal pain in the arse. And I just think teams like Blackburn are going to get rolled over by us. I, I just think. I think we'll nick a 1-0 again. I'm playing it safe. Yeah, well, I mean, Blackburn are, um, well, they're not going to get automatic promotion now and hopefully by then they've secured their playoff spot and um, preparing for the playoffs. Uh, the next time, so that's the that's whole of April done. The next time we'll all get together for a podcast will be at the presentation evening, James, uh, where the player of the season will be announced. You got it wrong last year, which, you know. I, the- I didn't get it wrong. The people who gave Cal Naismith the trophy got it wrong. Fair enough. I'll let you fight each and I'll let you fight each and every one of them. Off. I was right. Um, and there you go, people. That's the first case of megalomania we've had on this podcast. It, it was fair to say though that last year it was a two-horse race. Yeah. It's not a two-horse race no. this year. It's very much not a two-horse race. There are three probably outstanding candidates, but there are three more who could quite easily get themselves into the mix with a big April. Um, someone's going to get the player of the season that night and if you was picking it who gets it um, well based on what I've really enjoyed for the whole season um, and I know that he's probably out of people's minds at the moment because he's not on the, in the squad list but it would be Jordan Clark for me I think he's been outstanding it's, it, considering where he's come from and his position change uh, how he dominates games and um, he looks, he looked just so full of confidence, and you know he can nick a goal or two, and uh, you know I usually say that he, he makes that team tick, but there are loads of players that make that team tick, as it's shown where he's not been in the side, and they're still getting great results. Um, you know, I think Pelly can be up there as well for that reason. It is for me, it's focused around the midfield, even though. Carl Morris has been unbelievable. Um, there have been, I think there are periods where he does all the basics well, but then he doesn't get any luck anywhere else. And so he doesn't quite shine as much as he, he does when he's, you know, swinging them in from 30 yards. Uh, but uh, yeah, for me, Jordan Clark has been uh, outstanding. I, I'd hate for him not to have a part in the end of this season, really. I'm sure he will have a role. Did Rob Edwards actually say where he was on Saturday? Well, we won't focus on Jordan Clark after on Saturday. <laughs> we'll ask him tomorrow. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting where he was because it, it, there was no indication in the build-up to the game that he was injured, was there? He didn't. He didn't mention him, but he got asked about Pelly, where he blatantly lied. Mm-hmm. He got <laughs> he got asked about Potts, and he got asked about Freeman and one or two others, but he didn't get asked about Clark. No. Um, he was on the bench though last time, wasn't he? Against Sunderland, so, yeah, he was. So, yeah, you, um, you lot weren't doing your job really, was you? It's... Well, he, he was on the bench, so we thought we didn't have to. We thought he'd just be in the squad. <laughs> the, the good thing was we didn't need him. Yeah, no, uh, perfectly um, put forward case for Jordan Clark from James. Are you echoing it, Tony, or is uh, your vote going elsewhere? My vote's going elsewhere. I mean, James has put forward some good names. Jordan Clark, yeah, uh, he's had a great season. Um, Amari Bell as well has is, 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 played well. Alan Campbell, Carlton Morris, Pelly. But for me, there's one player that's been head and shoulders above everybody and he's been brilliant since he got in the side and that's Tom Lockyer. For me, he's the only name that should be on that trophy at our presentation evening. The guy's been outstanding for us. And, um, yeah, some, some people have run him close. But it, it's it been one of those seasons where it's very difficult to actually 
identify a particular player because um, they've all been playing well. And, and that's what you want in, in a team. It, it was like uh, Saturday. It, it was so hard to pick a man of the match. And everybody was different because they, apart from the goalkeeper, because he didn't have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's kept seventeen clean sheets this season. That is true. That is true. But <laughs> <coughs> I think most of that has been down to the uh, three centre backs. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think Gay Bosho has been a late runner for it. He since uh, October he's come on, and you know, you, you'd look at Gabe and you think. There's always a mistake there. There's always a mistake waiting to happen, but he's getting that out of his game. Now. If there was a, a, sort learned, of a Sunday League football most improved trophy... It would it be Gabor show, yeah. But no, for me, for consistency, because for sheer shithousery as well, it's Tom Lockyer. He's great at that. He's taken Danny Hilton's crown. And we love him for it. We love him for it. And... Uh, I hope to God he's still with us next season. I think we all echo that, Piers. Absolutely, we all hope that Tom Locke is still at the club. And actually, if he is the winner, it's going to the 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 speech with Simon afterwards. It's going to be fantastic, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Because already this season, he's claimed the best goal of the game against Newport when Carlos Mendes Gomez thumped one in from about forty yards, and yeah. a couple of his other press conferences have been absolutely hilarious. So he will have something up his sleeve. But the thing is with him as well, like Blackpool away he, as well. He gets Luton as well. Yeah, absolutely. he gets the supporters, and he loves it, and he loves it, and and he's know. a very, 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 very worthy candidate yeah. for the Player of the and Season. He's funny this well. year, he he's a, a good lad. Guy. As indeed Jordan Clark is a very worthy candidate. He's the, he's the player in Luton that you think. Do you know what? I'd love to go on the session with him. <laughs> He's that type of guy, isn't he? You Hopefully know? he's not driving in the presentation evening. Yeah. That'll be <laughs> no, fun. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just before I get your um, opinion, Dan, if Mar- James, if Marvellous and Campbell was here all season, would he be your player of the season? <sighs> that's a really tough one. Depends if he's consistent throughout, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a really <laughs> tough one. Because, you know, I was I was weighing up. I, I did consider Tom Lockyer, and for the, all the reasons that, that Tony said, um, and yeah, marvelous hasn't really come into it for me. But that's only on shortness of games, because isn't it? The length of the his tenure so far. Yeah. But yeah, I think if he'd have done this for thirty six games, or whatever we're on now, um, yeah, he'd probably be up there. He'd at least be in the conversation. I think. Yeah, it's very tough to to say it on hypotheticals, but um, but yeah, I think Lockyer's a great shout. I just. Um, I just think that uh, how how Clark has transformed himself. I mean, it's been a couple of season process, really, but he's really come out this season and he's been outstanding. Um, and flourished under Rob Edwards. I suppose one thing you can say about <clears throat> both of those two as candidates is that even if they're not in the side, as Jordan isn't now, and Tom hadn't been, uh, the people that have come in have, have done admirably and there's not been any sort of major, major shortfall. You'd want them both playing, I think. But um that's so that says a lot about the team, which is pro- probably why it is quite a difficult one to pick all of them. But just uh, you know, it's a it's a personal thing that you know, th- th- there's a lot of little uh flourishes, little touches and things that he can do. He he takes wing play and puts it into a central midfield setting, Jordan Clark for me and um, he does that every game. Admittedly, with Lockyer, you'll have the odd game like uh, Watford, where he tries to do a Franco uh, Franz Beckenbauer, and everybody loves it. And we'll talk about that for a long time because mm. it was almost perfect. Uh, but I think yeah, Jordan does that all the time. Yep. Uh, one for Jordan Clark, one for Tom Lockyer. Are you endorsing either, or have you? Or are you going elsewhere? I've really struggled to pick one out. Um, I mean, I'll help you out. This is the ninth presentation I've evening I've done, and this is the hardest. This is the hardest yeah, yeah, by far. Yeah. I don't got, think that's and helping and him actually, out, is it? And, I, and I, well, it's, it's, it's kind of giving him a cop out, isn't it? And, um, and actually, there's no wrong answer. So, no, I mean, I've, I've um, thought of five looking at the squad here. Um, uh, Lockyer and Clark were two of them. Uh, Amari Bell was another one that I thought. Um, and then there's Doughty and. Carlton Morris. Uh, I'm going to go Carlton Morris. 
because I just think the impact he's had, um, the way he plays, you know, he, he plays like his life depends on it and the goals are important, yes, but I think his overall play, I love how he comes deep. I love how he, he gets himself about, puts himself about, gets in the right areas at the right time, can finish, plays like his life depends on it. And, you know, I remember earlier in the season, we were wondering whether him and Elijah sort of work up top. I think he's made Adebayo slightly better and brought more out of Adebayo. You don't necessarily see the goals from Adebayo, you see more assists um, from him. So he's brought that to him, to it as well. So I love Tom Lockyer as well. I think he's been fantastic. Um, but I'm not saying him because I'm well. I don't want to agree with either one of these <laughs> as, as such. You know, <laughs> not to be nasty. I just I just want to throw Carlton Morris in there because I think he deserves at least a shout for that. It'll so, be yeah. interesting to see which one of you three are uh, right on the night. If indeed you are right on the that night, player us to buy us a drink. As um, <laughs> as you've as you've said, my gut feeling is that, that there are a um, lot of contenders. My gut feeling is that characters come into play as well, and so lots of people will gravitate towards Tom Lockyer uh, because he is, A, a great player mm. and a top bloke as well. I mean, Jordan's a great bloke as well. I mean, um, but they all are. They're all such characters, and they've been bought in for a reason, and that's because of the characters they are and how they fit in with everybody else. You know, it, I'd hate to bring in somebody who, who doesn't get it, mm. you know, and, you know, seems all right from the outset, but you bring him in and he just completely destroys the... It just shows you the squad, but how hard it is that we've yeah. all come up with a different name. Whereas in seasons gone by, we all tend to agree on the same sort of yeah. player. It I've, just shows you. It, it it says wonderful things about our side. I, I just want to. They're all playing out of their skins. That's yeah. the thing, yeah. isn't it? Really, and, that, and that's encouraging. You know, there's still a lot to play for. You know, there's still seven games, seven or eight games left. Um, I'll just mention Amari Bell as well because last year he was playing wing back. Um, probably not, he's probably more of a left back, I think, but his transformation to centre half has just been phenomenal. I tell you what, saying that, Dan, and I've got to mention this, <coughs> that shot he had in the first half on Saturday, yeah. it's just a shame because if that mm, had gone in, that yeah. would have been goalless. Yeah, that, that could cap off what shot. a fantastic season he's had as well. I mean, you, you look how he defends as well, you know, he's he, he knows where to be at the right times and yeah he's he's just been a fantastic fantastic it's I like think, a like a brand new signing we've been screaming out for a centre half all year to replace Naismith and we had one who was playing wing back I, all I, along and I, I, he I was billed for that better. all along as well because yeah, yeah, even the, Jones was billing him as that yeah and I mean there were people losing their minds in the January transfer window that nobody was bought and yeah, yeah. He, he's, I think he's, he's He's better at left centre back than he is at left wing back. Yeah, I, th- I think. And you're I right. think yeah. him and and, and uh, Doughty were. He was a solid, um, solid wing back, but not dynamic like Doughty. I think. Yeah, Doughty's got that little bit more forward. Now, about him, mm. he'll, he'll get forward more. Um, yeah. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Just I mean, Doughty's a great great shout as well, but the yeah. fact that he only came in. Um, you know, it sort of came in October time, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, Norwich third, away was his I'm first game, wasn't Pelly it? Because he's not played twenty games yet, so yeah. You know, I mean, there is Pelly's in with a shout. There is no criteria to this other than it's got to be your favourite. There are still uh, a couple of weeks, I think, to get your votes in. Uh, I won't sway your votes in terms of the fact, and I will give my answer because I know you want it. <laughs> but I won't sway you in terms of the votes for making sure that you vote for your favourite. But I would just like to say the last two winners of this award haven't been at the club beyond January the following season. So if you are voting for Tom Lockyer, bear that in mind because we all want him here beyond January next season. Um, uh, and actually, Tom Lockyer is my player of the season. Uh, incredibly, incredibly consistent this season. How the hell he does not play for Wales, I'll never understand. But you find me a could better defender. Be that Page is an ex Watford player. It could well be. I mean, it has to be something along those lines, doesn't it? Um, but if you find me a better player, a better defender in the Championship, uh, well, I just won't believe you. I've not seen him, and I've seen every team in this Championship. Tom Lockyer's head and shoulders above all of them from a defensive point of view. Um, it's not the only award that's going to be given out on the night, James. Another popular award where trust members are voting right now is the goal of the season. We haven't put together all of the finalists yet, but I'm pretty sure the finalists will be obvious when uh, they come along. You've got an awful lot of goals to choose from this season. Good goals at that as well. I have a funny feeling you're going to pick me out a really, really left field goal, but hit me with it. 
I don't think I am, Kev, because I considered, you know, Reese Burke bangers. I considered uh, Carlton Morris swinging a leg at it from 30 yards and it somehow going in. I considered uh, Henry Lansbury screaming it in, uh, you know, two yards off the ground and then his lawnmower celebration. Um, celebration of the year, that. Celebration of the year. <laughs> uh, I considered all of those things. But then um, everything around Gabe Osho's goal against Watford. <laughs> Which actually still celebration of the year. It's a great celebration. Yeah, my mistake. Yeah. Beautiful move. Beautiful football. One touch with two defenders involved in the build-up. Pelly, you should not be, I didn't think would even be anywhere near the pitch, providing the assist. Gabe Osho sweeping it in. Redemption. Essentially the winning goal against Watford, who he got sent off against. Um, Do you reckon he hates a... Alan Campbell? <laughs> no, I think it it's it was still ridiculous. Do you reckon he was in the dressing room like, why the fucking hell did you have to score that? They're not going to remember me in 10 years' time now. No, they, they will. It was, it, there was, like I say, that game was great for just the way Luton went about it, but there were so many little subplots which are going to keep us... Um, keep our memories alive and keep us happy for so long and that was one of them um, and I, I just think you know I, there's a, there might have been a case to say even if it was the scrappiest goal in the world because of the stuff that went around it but because it was so silky football mm. um, or if Alan, Alan Partridge would say liquid football <laughs> it, it, for me it's that one I think everyone likes a team goal and the feeling when it hit the back of the net, I mean, as football fans, just inject that into our veins, yeah, please. Yeah. It's a different class. Of course, I was only joking. Of course, he loves Alan Campbell. We all love and Alan the, Campbell. And the photos afterwards, of course, of his celebrations, his uh, crybaby celebration just before that towards the Watford fan. It's perfect, everything about it. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. You, 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 you're spot on. It, would, it couldn't have been scripted better, that goal. It really couldn't. That's one option. He went through quite a few others. What's your goal of the season, Tony? I hate you, James. You just stole my thunder. Campbell <laughs> <laughs> oh, tapping anyone. All, all, all I will say about that that goal on Saturday was it was a beautiful team goal, and the fact that it was mostly involved defenders was was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, we've you know, there's been some good goals mentioned by James. Um you know, Alfie Doty's goal at QPR. Yeah. Uh Carlos Mendes Gomez goal against Newport, cracking goals. Not even the best goal of the game. No. Copyright Tom Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and any goal against them has gotta be up there as as a as a great goal. But for me, I, I think my goal of the season, I think, was probably Henry Lansbury um, because the way he took it, the way he had to readjust and take that perfect control, absolutely spot on the, the where he put it. There was nobody going to stop that. For, te- for technique, that is just it, it was just unbelievable. It's a sort of, you know, playing football, you... Itself, the sort of goal you dream about scoring, and you know how many times you've seen a a ball like that come out to a, a, a defender or a, or a midfield player, and they hit it and it goes in row Z. But with Lansbury, the technique was absolutely spot on. You know the way he got his head down, he was over the ball, bang, that was going in all the way. And again, well. for the for the the celebration as well was 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 brilliant because the only ones who knew what was happening there was was Lutonians, hatters. Yeah. It, it, no, you know, you looked at you know um, the other supporters. It was like, what the hell was going on? The, the whole city supporters didn't know what was happening there, did they? It, Sky commentators just, didn't have a clue or anything. No, either, it was did great. They? It was, so um, that's my goal of the season. Two genuine contenders, Dan. Are you endorsing either, or have you got another goal of the season? I'm, well, I've I've got one, and Tony mentioned him. I've gone for Doughty at QPR because I just think the technique 
was fantastic. Like the one touch stuff, similar to Osho's goal against Watford on Saturday. I mean, forget um, the technique of the goal for a minute. The technique of the Morris layoff back to him because that just ball was absolutely battered at him. Just about to say, and Doughty always looks when he's when he's got the ball in dangerous positions. He's always looking for a one-two, um, and that that's probably the best one he's done because it, it's straight into Morris. Morris is holding off a defender, trying to keep balance, control the ball. Lay it off nicely, and the way he does it, and then for Doughty to just smack it like he did, just absolutely perfect. And I think there was still a good chunk of the game left as well. And it's three nil game over. See you later, <laughs> QPR. <laughs> and it was just just fantastic. And goals like that at the time of the season, it was gives you that more belief as well that you know going into the January transfer window, do we need any improvements? And you know it it set us up again for another good month and it, it set us on his, on his way really so three different choices for player of the season three different choices for goal of the season can I just say I, I, I've forgotten all of this that uh, I missed out the absolutely greatest goal this season <laughs> forgot all about it Cameron Jerome against uh, QPR ah uh, his knee what yeah. job that was job done job done uh, <laughs> <laughs> indeed you know that thing about uh, your choice, Dan, mm. and the one I've gone for. Something somebody posted something in the week on Twitter that resonated that I hadn't really thought about. They just said this season Luton's passes have been so fizzy, and that was the same for that. Like fizzed into Doughty. The same. I mean, it's the, like a cannonball at him, wasn't it? Yeah. The same with the build-up for Osho's goal, just like boom, 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 really crisp, fizzy. Passing. But that's what Edwards has brought to this yeah. side, isn't it? You know, there are say it's very similar to like. David Pleat era as well, the one-touch pass and move. Um, a lot of our goals back then were, you know, good team goals. They weren't necessarily 30-yard screamers. You don't need 30-yard screamers when you've got a team of players that gel together and work together. And it resonates a lot with Rob Edwards to what David Pleat had. I mean, you speak of fizzy, the ball fizzed through the air when he hit that. You could hear it, it mm. just fizzing into the top corner. It was. I mean, yeah, you're right. And, and, you know, going back to your choice for player of the season, Dan Camp- Carlton... Morris yeah. is showing, you know, he, he he's showing that he's not just uh, a striker getting on the end of him. He he can play. Yeah. He can play. And you look at some of the goals he scored, the goal at Norwich, for example, you know, where he's yeah. got the ball at his feet and he gets a shot in. Yeah, because he didn't necessarily nobody have Nobody else would have thought he couldn't get a shot in. Yeah. And he's done that on several occasions. He didn't necessarily have same control at, of that goal. Same as Swansea as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Very, yeah. very similar. And then you've got the... How he picks the ball up uh, 40 yards out against West Brom, takes a couple of touches and yeah, thinks, oh, I'll have a pop here and just smacks it, you know. Yeah, as he did is, in that first QPR game as well, yeah, didn't he? It that, was is, very, that is the sign of a player that's playing with confidence and being allowed the freedom to play. Three, yeah, yeah. Three. It just shows you that, um, you know, what it can do for a player. Because he, he did stand out at Barnsley, but he never got the goals returned that he's getting no, now. Because he's got a great Now he's, got, he's surrounded by better players. Mm. And I, I, that's no disrespect to Barnsley, oh, no. but he, he he's, he's surrounded by better players and uh, and he's getting the return. And I, I still think he, he's quite capable of hitting 20 goals this season. Let's hope he does, yeah. yeah. Not a goal that's a contender for the goal of the season, according to these three, though, which is quite interesting. So uh, there we go. What's your goal of the season? You know me, James. <laughs> I'm all about the celebrations. I'm not going to be original and pick the Watford one. So I'm going to go about the other goal that I celebrated like an absolute lunatic, uh, Corley Woodrow against Norwich on Boxing oh, Day. What a finish. The that first a touch finish. there, yeah. I mean, if you can wrap that up, yeah. that would be worth a hell of a lot of money. When you think he ain't played for, the bloke ain't played for us, barely, barely, barely played for us. We're down to 10 men. First of all, he gets thrown on the pitch when we're down to 10 men at one each anyway. Every other manager brings a defender on. The ball from Clark, the first touch, and then bang. Save that, my son. And, Not and happening. the perfect spot where the keeper couldn't get it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, no, yeah. It fizzed it's through the shell. air. It was last minute, limbs. It was, you know, you know me, mate. I'm all about the celebration, <laughs> and that is the goal I celebrated crazier nice than any other. Them, Absolutely it, it was. Rob Edwards' his first win as a Luton manager as well. Yeah. There's been plenty since then. Uh, I just loved everything about it. I loved the bravery of him, pl- of him being put on. 
loads of managers don't put a striker on when he's down to 10 men I love the ball from Clark I love that that, that first, first touch, touch is, the yeah, first sense. touch is just yeah. you know I mean it it's away, a good job because the game was on Sky it's a good job that was after the watershed because yeah. that was filthy that first <laughs> touch it was absolutely lovely and then bang just like a rocket top corner and, and, and he's one of our own he, re- he come home I was so excited about uh, him rejoining in the summer hasn't gone as he would have liked as, as we all thought it would have done that's only because Carlton Morris and Elijah Bay have been fantastic nothing against Woodrow but I know that's very much a highlight of the season for me Still a key squad that's, player. Uh, that's, a that's the goal I celebrated more than any other apart from Saturday but yeah no problem whatsoever if Gay Boschow's walking up collecting the goal of the season for uh, for that but no even Campbell for the tapping yeah even that you one know, just um, you know before no. before that game you, I, I remember you said to us last week after we previewed the Watford game I need your goal of the season for next week chaps you know I was waiting for Saturday for a 30 yard fizzler we didn't get it but we got as good the next yeah. best thing yeah, so. certainly the lads in front of their press box thought Campbell's goal was that so good that <laughs> Smashed my laptop. Uh, You're not bitter. Target. No, 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 not bitter at all. I, was <laughs> sure. say, I loved it. I was like, why is my computer dying? Oh, it's <laughs> so, not plugged in. <laughs> so, so if that person's listening to this podcast, you know, you know what to do when we was, score the winner uh, against Blackpool, Middlesbrough and Hull in incre- uh, games I was incredibly impressed by how, uh, how much you must love that goal that you were able to do that. I've never, ever seen that before. And I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Right. The one thing I am convinced of, I, I think the the race for the second automatic spot will go to the last game of the season. I'm convinced it will. Very good shout. And we will preview that last game of the season in the next full podcast that we do at the presentation evening. If you've not heard, the presentation evening has moved to Wednesday the 3rd of May because Sky have moved that Middlesbrough game to the Monday night. We will all be on site. We will do a preview of that game. We will do a full podcast. We'll get all of the, or as many players as we can on the evening, like we did last season. And we'll look ahead to that whole city game, which as Tony said, hopefully it's going to have so much meaning on it. It is untrue. Tickets are now no longer on sale for the presentation evening. However, we are in discussions and hoping to release a few more between now and then. So keep an eye on our socials, keep an eye on our website. If you haven't got your ticket yet, Hopefully a few more will come available. They might be last minute. So uh, do keep your eyes on our socials and things because it's a great night. And this season deserves to be celebrated by as many people as we can possibly get into venue 360. Gents, thanks very much. The first part of the podcast where we reminisced on a great day on Saturday and looked forward to what we really hope will be many more great days over the course of April. Uh, Hopefully before the next podcast, I'll get a player before one of the away games and we'll get their thoughts on the running and obviously I'll get their thoughts on the Watford game as well so subscribe to uh, the podcast and you'll get notification when that lands but until then chaps until the presentation evening uh, let's hope we uh, keep on winning <laughs>